The Law Report with Karen Key. A reminder, you tune to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Michael Bagram, an attorney in Cape Town, practicing as Bagram's attorneys, labor law specialists, and we're talking specifically this evening about workmen's compensation. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010-0892-10-2010. Michael, we do have one email from a listener who had a question, but before we get to his question, can you just sort of try and guide us through this, what I call yeah. the minefield of workman's compensation? It is, and I think a lot of the people who will be phoning in or asking us questions will have particular problems that they have actually claimed already, and they're not getting responses. Um, and we actually not spokespeople for the Department of Labor, just to warn people up front that we are purely trying to find our way, our foothold through the minefield of legislation governing occupation, occupational injuries and illnesses. So <clears throat> to kick off, let, let's, let's look at it carefully. First of all, you have to be a worker. You have to be an employee um, and you have to be employed at the time when you either get hurt or contract a disease. And if you do get hurt or contract a disease through the workplace, you then able to claim a certain amount of money from the compensation fund. So can I just interrupt you before we go any further? Now, the, can you define the worker? Does that include contract workers? Yes, it, it includes any workers who are working, permanent or casual, who are training, who are completing an apprenticeship. Uh, there are some people that are fall outside. This, and let's just go through that list now so that we can put it behind us. And I think this is part of the old apartheid legislation because a domestic worker employed at a private home can't claim, uh, which I think is pretty weird. Um, and it, and it's, I think that stretches back to apartheid. The employer would have though, had to be paying workmen's uh, some sort of a con monthly contribution. Yes, yeah, correct. And... Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do with a domestic worker in a private household. I know I've tried to register our domestic worker um, through the uh, through Quader, uh, the compensation fund, and uh, no luck. It's, the domestic worker falls outside. No, I can't explain that. It's just that's the legislation. It's weird, but they are a category of employees that have been left out. We pay unemployment yeah, well, you for can our do, domestic yes, workers. Yes, of course you can. We should be able to pay We should be able to pay the mm. compensation commissioner, but no, you can't. Okay. Who else? So, so the only other way you can do that is actually take out some private insurance for the health and to govern against any diseases or injury at work. Okay, and a member of the South African National Defense Force, there's a separate fund for them so they don't fall under it. So if you're in the army, or the Navy or the Air Force, forget about it, you can't, you can't claim. And there is a separate fund there, and it's a different discussion. Um, also, there's the African Police Service. Now, there is also a separate fund there. It's not a very functional fund, but it is, it is there. And as a member of the African Police Service, you can't claim through the Compensation Commissioner. A worker who doesn't work under the control of the employer. Now, this is interesting because it could be a employee who, if for instance, is on the road, like a, um, you know, a traveler. Um, that person is not under the control at all of the employer. You're traveling from dorp to dorp, and you're selling goods or whatever it is. You're not, you've got no control of your employer, and you have an accident. So that would be like a traveling salesman, a for A traveling example. salesman, and they, it's very difficult to define exactly who that is, but that's an area of of argument with the commissioner and say, I've got nothing to do with that. And what about a truck driver? He's traveling. Yeah, but he's under control. He, he is being controlled. He's told to drive from A to B at certain times, and he's told how to, what he's got to carry in his truck. I think he believes, I mean, I believe he's under the control of his employer. Okay. And then a worker who works outside South Africa for more than 12 months at a time, you send someone on an oil rig outside South Africa more than 12 months at a time, or you post them to Kenya. Um, those people also, because they're more than 12 months at a time, you can't claim. Of course, if you're a domestic worker in a boarding house, that's, a, that's not in a private household, then you have got a claim. And of course, um, you also can claim if you're an apprentice or a trainee farm worker or something like that, you can claim. 
And then, of course, a worker paid by a labor agency or if you've been put there by a labor broker, you can also claim. So those are the people who can claim. Obviously, there are forms. That's what you were speaking yes. about. <laughs> we're keeping sappy in business. Yes. And these forms, and there are a myriad of these forms, and it can really wear you down. I've tried to fill them in in the past. It's, it's really an unhappy task. Um, but you must submit them in the correct way in the proper time. But what is the proper time? I think that's always a possibly a problem as well. Yeah, there's all sorts of timing, but the claim must, ma must be made more than 12, can't be made more than 12 months after the accident or after the disease is diagnosed. And you must be off work for more than three days or more than three days, three days or more. Now, also, you'll see some of the forms that says that you must claim immediately upon being able to find out about the injury. So if it happens today, you it have to report today, it you immediately. You have to report it immediately. And if you couldn't because the person's in hospital or whatever it is, then at least you can explain. But well, you can't be outside the 12 months. Although there is a rather amusing section in that thing you were telling me yeah. before we went on air. What was that thing? I mean... If you're dead. Yeah. There's another, <laughs> there's another form saying if you're dead, but I, I think they've misworded it slightly. Yeah, I'm sure they have, yes. Because if you died, obviously you're not You can't fill in the form, yeah. And, but you still have a claim. Yes. Well, your family <laughs> so or your, your dependents have, yes. Your family has a yes. claim for, for death on duty. So it's, it's important to understand this, this outline of of where you stand now unlike the unemployment insurance fund the employers pay into the compensation fund and they must pay um, once a month workers do not pay anything towards this fund so you don't deduct anything from the workers and the employers cannot deduct money from the workers wages as a contribution to the fund we did discover some employers who came to my firm um, who explained that they were deducting money from the workers' wages. And I explained that you can't do that. It's, it's, it's not acceptable at all. The fund itself covers occupational diseases and workplace injuries. You can't on the weekend go off and play a hockey match, uh, come back with a, a broken leg and then try and claim from the fund. That's, that's fraudulent. It's cheating. You cannot do it. And even though some of the employers try and... Uh, collude with this exercise it's not it's not done you if you get caught really bad bad things will happen to you it's a criminal thing uh, occupational diseases or illnesses caused by substances or conditions that the worker was exposed to at the workplace uh, you read about um, all sorts of strange diseases from the workplace um, those there you can actually claim um, but then you're going to have to prove that you're exposed to the working conditions that was related to the disease. And there's been lots of cases with the asbestosis case, yes, and I correct. think there's a big case going currently going on now with the miners. There was some other cases well, similar thing. So that, but that was a workplace. That, that's workplace illness. illnesses that you can that you can get, um, and the, and the working conditions and diseases caused by these conditions they are covered in Schedule Three of the Compensation Fund Act. So. There is a schedule of all this. You can have a look at that schedule. Um, you'll also see that I've, I've asked, I'm going to ask people to go to the website um, and we'll give them the address of the website of the uh, Department of Labor, which actually covers this this fund. Right, now there, uh, what can be claimed? There are five kinds of compensation. One is for temporary disability. In other words, you're out for three days or more, but it's temporary. You're going to be out for six months or three months. That's temporary. The other one is permanent disability. In other words, you've you've lost a, a limb or a digit or something of that nature, or you've you've now permanently disabled. But you can't basically. Would it be permanently disabled or just permanently unable to do the job that you were doing when you were That's injured? That's permanently permanently unable to do the job that you were doing. Okay. Obviously, you can claim on death, but it's not you. It'll be your your spouse or the next of kin, you can claim medical expenses, and then there is additional compensation that you can claim. Um, you will also see that if, in fact, through the employer's negligence, in other words, you were working with a machine that you got hurt on and the employer was supposed to have had that machine serviced and they didn't, despite the fact that they weren't warned to have the machine serviced, then there's additional compensation that you can claim. One thing we need to remember is that the compensation fund itself does not pay for pain and suffering. 
It's only for loss of movement or the use of your body. So you can't say, well, I, you know, I've, I've suffered pain now for the rest of my life. There's no claim there for that. The amount of compensation that will be paid to the worker depends on how much the worker was actually earning when the injury is sustained or the disease diagnosed. If you have stopped working by the time a disease is diagnosed, the compensation will be worked out according to what you would have been earning, but for the disease. Now, if you're off for this injury, is your company obliged to pay you? Yes, they are obliged to pay you. They're obliged to pay you for the first three months. Okay. Now, this also, it's an important question because this also means that the employer will be out of pocket because they're not getting your service for those three months. So the employer then tries to claim that three months back from the workman's compensation. But only three months. Only the three months. And the problem you've got is that many of the employers come to us as attorneys and say we haven't been paid back. Now, there's not all that much we can do as attorneys to try and hurry this up. I suppose we could take them to the courts, but that takes years in itself. And it costs more money. And it costs more money, so it's actually not worth it, and it becomes more and more frustrating. I know many of the employers out there are pulling their hair out. They just can't get their money back. Um, and my small, firm, small law firm has been through this exercise. One of, one of our drivers, our motorbike driver, fell off his motorbike. Um, we, we don't know who it was, but someone bumped him from behind. Um, so he obviously was off for a few months, and we had to pay the three months to him. And I think it took us four years to wow. get the money Gosh. back. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think my bookkeeper wanted to throttle me afterwards. But the point is that the, the, there is a, a bottleneck there that's holding everything up, and I'm not sure what it is. Um, I would dearly love maybe someone from the department to come on the air and to explain uh, what's going on and how they're going to correct it because I think I think South Africa deserves to know. Now what happens after the three months because the company is now no longer obliged to pay the salary. Yeah. Do they get paid a full salary for, and for how long if they do by the Workmen's Compensation Fund? Well it's fund? normally for the temporary disability and until you're back at work. I'm not sure of the formula as to how they actually work it, the different formulas that they do work it. But that's why you pay the first three months because the payments are supposed to kick in on the fourth month. But again, I must just tell you, and we're going to have people complaining and saying, how dare you say that. The bottom line is people just don't get their money. And they wait for ages and ages, and it doesn't happen. Uh, for instance, I know that I deal with a lot of medical personnel. I was about to ask you. I mean, they, they can't be too happy not getting paid either. No, because these people that are injured, injured at work go to the doctors. They go to the hospitals. And the hospitals and the doctors aren't keen to take on the workman's compensation patients because they're also waiting for years to get paid. And so they get frustrated and then they sue the employee. Who ends up being blacklisted, and the whole Correct. thing is just a vicious and cycle. The whole in the thing end. Is, is a vicious cycle. Let's just have a look at what temporary disability actually means. Um, temporary disability is when you are unable to work or cannot do all your work because of an injury or disease, but you will get better. And that's the whole idea okay. that you do get better. To claim this, you need to be put off work by a doctor. That's a medical practitioner, a certified medical practitioner. You can't get put off by a nurse, um, and not even at the moment by a Sangoma. We're still waiting for them to be registered. But if you're put off for longer than three days, you will get paid out for the whole time that you are unable to work, including that first three days. Now, there's this complicated formula, and it may be not worth us talking about it, but let's just go through it because you asked the question, and we try it. It's a bit... I can't understand. I'm saying, am I, am, I, am I now going to be ever sorry I'll ask the question? Yeah, well, <laughs> if you cannot work at all, you will get paid out 75% of your normal monthly or weekly wage. If you can only do some of your work, you will get paid some of the wages by your employer. The fund will pay you 75% of the difference between what you got paid and what you would have been paid before the injury. So it's almost <laughs> as if you're being penalized for being injured on duty. Well, not really. You're supposed to be getting the full amount. Okay, so okay, what, but, but if you if you partially, if you can't get pay, if you can't work, then you're going to get seventy five percent of your salary for not working. What's that I'm saying? Yeah. So well, okay, but at least you can survive. Well. So that that's the whole idea. Barely, but okay. 
Then the medical expenses are also paid if the accounts are submitted to the commissioner. Now, there's a way in which you can submit these accounts. It's also a bit complicated, but the forms that you have to fill in, but you have to submit them. Obviously, a commissioner can't, by osmosis, find out what your accounts are, so you have to submit them. Uh, one of the ladies phoned me and said they haven't paid all her medical accounts. I said, well, when did you send it in? No, she didn't send it in. Oh. So <laughs> the doctor's not going to send it in for you. You've got to go and do it yourself. You can, you can claim compensation for temporary disability for 12 months. That's temporary and up to a whole year. And this can then ex be extended to 24 months. And then after 24 months, the commissioner may decide that the condition is permanent and grant you compensation on the basis of permanent disability. Now, the bottom line is, yeah, you need to have it assessed. The commissioner might have it assessed by their medical personnel, but you need you have an obligation to go and have it properly assessed yourself because you're supposed to only claim temporary for 12. You can then put out a good case from your doctor as to why you need another 12, but after that, then the commissioner has to make that decision. So that's that's temporary. If we can move on then to permanent, what is permanent? It's an injury or an illness that the worker will never recover from. Uh, for instance, if you lose a hand or you lose an eye, or that, you can't recover from that. That you've, you've lost and, and it's going to make you finding work more difficult. And then these also a bit of a complicated formula over here where they work out disabilities. They're rated from 100% to 1% depending on the seriousness. Um, for example, 100% with the loss of both your hands or the loss of your sight altogether. Um, they make an example. They say the loss of a small toe is a 1% disability. So, you know, they, they've, got, they've got their own formulas that they work out. Uh, and again, your doctor will have to do a medical report explaining and reporting exactly what the disability is. And then the commissioner and his or hers uh, doctors will decide how serious that illness is. Um, I, I was speaking to an employee who actually got a head injury a few months back. And I said to him, when he goes in to be assessed, uh, they'll assess how disabled you are. Um, and you mustn't try, try too hard to answer all the questions properly. And he came out, he was obviously badly injured. <coughs> Excuse me. And he came out and said he really struggled with some of the questions. And I asked him especially, don't try too hard. <laughs> but anyway, he, he got assessed um, at almost 60% disabled. Okay, okay, so, right. How much compensation do you actually get if the disability is more than a 30% disability? you will get paid a monthly pension. Okay, and that's so, for the rest of your working life? Correct. And the size of the pension, again, depends on what your wages were and on the seriousness of the disability. If you have a 100% disability, you'll get paid 75% of your wages. Again, a similar type of formula. Okay. Okay. So you get 75%, and if the disability is less serious, the following formula is used to work out the payments, i.e. your wages... 75% of your wages, and then a percentage of the disability. So, again, a bit of a complicated formula and a bit difficult for me to... Okay. But is this is all on the website, so people yeah, want to go and have a look. It is on the website, and we are going to put something together to put onto your that website. That they can actually ask yeah. for some documents Correct. if they want to read more about Correct. this. Okay. If you all sound totally confused like me. Yeah. If the disability is less than 30%, you will then get paid a lump sum. The okay. commissioner, they don't pay you monthly because it's less than 30%. You should find another job, but it's still permanently disabled in, by 30%. You then get paid a lump sum. Um, how they work out what the lump sum is, search me. I don't know. I don't understand that formula, but they, they do do it, and I'm not going to bore you by trying to give you the maths of how they try okay. and That lump sum is a once-off payment. Um if you get a monthly payment for more than the 30%, that's for the rest of the worker's life. Okay. Okay, so that that's their death benefits. This is very exciting. It's someone who dies at work. Well, that's not exciting. No, but the, okay, but okay. it's exciting as that that does exist because a lot of people don't realize that it does mm. exist. And if the breadwinner in your family was killed by an occupational injury or disease, you can claim from the fund. The amount of compensation that you will be paid depends on your relationship to the deceased, uh, 
The total amount paid to the family cannot be more than the pension the deceased worker would have received if he or she was three quarters if was three quarters of the wages per month. So you can't get more, so it'll be three quarters. You can't get more than that, but that's the total amount that person will be paid. The spouse will be paid, and um, there's a lump sum of two times three quarters of the worker's wages, or a monthly pension for life of forty percent of three quarters. Of the workers' wage. Bear in mind, I'm not good at maths. Okay. No, nor am I. But that, <laughs> that's quite a. It's about half. Okay. <laughs> half the okay. Person, okay. Um, I'm, it's not half, but it's, it, in my mind, it looks about half the workers' wage. The workers' children under the age of 18, including illegitimate adopted and stepchildren, are entitled to a monthly pension of 20% of three quarters of the workers' wages. Okay. Okay, and this is paid monthly until the child is 18 years old. This pension can continue for longer if the child is mentally or physically handicapped. Then they look at the recipient and say, well, you're mentally or physically handicapped, we can help you. If there's no spouse or children, other dependents will be paid compensation. For example, parents of that worker. The worker might have been looking after his parents or her parents. Okay. To claim compensation for the death of a family member, you need to provide provide certified copies of the following, and you must. And you can also get this from the website: the marriage certificate, the children's birth certificates, the death certificate, declaration by the spouse. There's a special form for that. The employer's incident report. Once again, there's another form for that. The funeral accounts. There's a form for that as well, and then the details of the income and the property. So. It depends on who's claiming from that estate. As to you what you to, need to supply. Exactly Just a reminder, you tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Michael Bagram. He's an attorney in Cape Town, practicing as Bagram's attorneys, labor law specialists, and we're talking about workmen's compensation. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010, 0892-10-2010. Michael, before we go any further, let me just get to this email from this listener, Mangeti Nsele. He says, I want to know about the compensation fund and how it works. Well, hopefully we've explained it partially. Now there will be more information later. He says, I was injured on duty on the 17th of July this year. My wrist was fractured, so I went to hospital and I was placed on IOD, which is injury on duty. It's almost six weeks now. By the end of August, I received my wages not even my basic salary. I'm not quite sure what he was then paid. He obviously wasn't paid the full amount. He says he's working in, secu in a security company as a reaction officer. What he wants to know is whether I can claim from the compensation for my injury on duty. Absolutely. Absolutely can. There is a, it's supposed to be an accident report. There's an accident report form to the compensation commissioner. It's, it's form WCL3 called the Employer's Report of Accident. Now, it's supposed to be done within seven days after the accident. Now, this is a bit long in the tooth, but you can obviously apply for condemnation of late filing of that report form, but it should be done within seven days of the accident or obviously within 14 days of finding out that the worker has an occupational disease. So those are the time limits for reporting it. The, the commissioner needs to... said something earlier about reporting it within 12 months but you, mu you must claim within the you must 12 claim months. but you have yeah. to report it we have to report it within seven days within the seven days or if you find out disease then 14 days you must you must claim within yeah. 12 so months so he's supposed to inform his supervisor or his employer as soon as possible verbally or in writing well they must have known because he said he was placed on iod so, so they must, they must have been and then they the employer must report it now if they didn't they're then exposing themselves to a claim from him because if it's turned down by the commissioner, the employer might have done something wrong because that's not up to him now to do it. The employer so he claims. shouldn't have been the one that reported it initially to the compensation? No, he, he must report it to the supervisor or his employer. Okay. And then as soon as he reports to the employer, they're supposed to complete a form WCL2. It's called Notice of Accident and Claim for Compensation. Okay. They then must report that, report the accident to the compensation commissioner. And sometimes employers don't, don't believe the person hurt themselves at work. They must still do it. And then that form, the employer's report of the accident will be put in there. 
And then that'll be investigated. So he should basically find out from the employer whether they have reported Correct. it to the workman's compensation. And I say that most employees should keep nagging their employers and should ask for proof that it's been done, that sort of thing, because a lot of employers are recalcitrant and they don't do anything. And it becomes really irritating because they just don't do anything. They don't want anything done. And often employers don't want to do it because they might have done something wrong with the machinery or their workplace might be unsafe or unsavory and the safety could be compromised. So many employers don't want to do it. So what happens now if his employer, if he asks tomorrow on Wednesday um, and the employer hasn't reported it, what is his next step he's as the employee? He's got to tell them they must report it, even if they're late. And he's got to tell them that he wants proof. And if they don't reported or he's still suspicious then he must then himself report it in and then report his employer okay so now when he if he had done this or if this all had been done correctly and he's now reported it obviously they know because they've put him on on, in, du on off, du off duty, duty. Yeah. what form should he have filled in and must he have filled in a form and given it to the no, employer there, there's no there's no duty on the employee to fill in a form okay so it's all the employer all the employer wcl2 yeah. they have to fill in and, and they three. Have, and three yeah and they submit those two forms to the department Correct. of labor and the also also part. what he has to do is he should see a doctor and that's wcl4 well he says he went to hospital well they probably filled in wcl4 Okay. At the hospital, because that's got to be completed by a doctor. Okay, so I'm getting confused already now. Yeah. I'm not even injured on duty <laughs> no, yet. I know. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that there's hundreds of these forms. I mean, like a funeral that counts as WCL46. Okay. So I can, I can, go through, I can just mind, the whole mind will boggle. Um, all you've done is you've been injured at duty and you just want to get paid for it. Um, and there's hundreds of these forms. I suppose it's because... In the past, people used to cheat. Mm. People used to claim when they weren't injured. Uh, employers would collude with employees. Uh, doctors would collude with employees. I mean, it, it became a bit of a joke. Uh, so now they've actually got it hidebound and paper-bound, and they want properly signed-off forms and things. And if they don't get that, then you don't get paid. So it's got to be done properly. And just to tell you that Michael has very kindly put together a document with some of this, uh, which is a little a little bit more plain English for all of us who don't quite understand what's going on with all of this. And that will be available on the um, Facebook page. So have a look. It'll be on there later this evening when I'm finished with the show. So have a look at Law on SAFM. There's a whole list of documents that are available. And this will be, I think it'll be document number 13 or 14 or something. There's quite a lot of them there. So just have a look and see what you want. But if you do post a request for a certain document on the Facebook page please include your email address so i can send them to you the documents that you want we have some callers on the line michael let's see what they would like to know joey yeah. and robertson good evening good evening thanks for taking my call i just want to a confirmation please my husband contracted a disease um on duty uh, while, uh, and um, he was on pension and then he uh, went to hospital he got lung cancer and then the, the hospital filled in all the forms and done everything. And uh, after his death in 2006, I got a small, um, a small lump sum and I get a pension now every month. What I want to know is, will I get that pension for the rest of my life? Yes, it, it, does, it, it does work like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're one of the, the cases that has, been, has proved that they can do things properly. Um, and it's good that you're receiving it because I've had many people phoning me saying they've applied and they just never got paid. But you should receive it for the rest of your life. No, no, I got it within two months after his death. Oh, I, wow. Uh, so I'm very fortunate. You are, you are. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Thanks Joey. Yeah. Good Thanks evening to call. you. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Every you now and again you well, get that, that was a good news story. Yeah. Well, I'm, not in well, the grand scheme of things, yeah, but, but the mean, outcome. Yes. I'm very impressed with the commissioner. Within because, two months. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, that's unbelievable. Better than your four years. Yeah, and it's better than what <laughs> most people report to me. So well done to the commissioner in that particular area and well done to the department of labor who, who got that together. Well, if you have any questions for us on workman's compensation, 0892-10-2010, 0892-10-2010. Norman in Phoenix, good evening. Good, uh, good evening, ma'am. Thank you for accepting my call and to the attorneys as well. Pleasure. Thank you. I, I met an accident and in March uh, 20, 
28, right? Okay. Now, I've sold in all the documentation. I've got a final report where the doctor says to me, you're unfit to do your further employment. I went and got this thing reassessed, and I got a copy from WCA commissioner, and he awarded me 22%, and plus whatever wages were outstanding. Now, I sent in an objection form on last year, August, and right after this year, August, I've got no feedback. Now I'm phoning the lines, and they're giving me a guy called Greg, and I have a, they're waiting for the medical assessor to re-review my case. Okay. And now I'm, I am totally unfit to walk because the type of injury I have, which is the broken of the C1 of the cervical spine uh, with bolts and nuts, and C2 was dislocated, and 5, 6, and 7 was through. Then I had a dislocated elbow of my right with multiple fracture. Now, as a result, I am now like a robot that I can't turn left or right, and no company wants to employ me. Right. So I filled in the objections form, and I'm still waiting. It's gone over a year, and I'm phoning. It's costing me like 100 rand on my cell phone. Now, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, and this is yours, unfortunately, is the norm, and that's what I'm hearing from lots of people. The only thing you can do is maybe get someone to go in for you into, in, into, into the Department of Labor and to insist on getting some sort of response or at least getting um, an idea from them how long they're going to be. Because the last conversation that I had with a person called Gregory from the call center, and he said he's looking for an, a medical center, and uh, that was it. He didn't come back to me, but yeah. in the entire time that I'm, you know, my house has already been uh, auctioned, and now I'm, I'm worse off, I'm renting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but it, it just shows you that they somehow are just not getting back to the public, and that's the problem. They lose yeah, losing forms. What do I do now? Do I go to Pretoria and fly up there now, which I'm not allowed I'll, to fly? Because no, no, of, no, no. Uh, I'll try and get someone to do it for you. There are people that you can contact there. There are ag agencies in Pretoria that you can get hold of. Um, I would certainly, I would try and get onto the website first of all and see if anyone there in terms of yeah. the website can, can give you some help. If not, I would try and get um, an, an agent or someone to go in for you. I would really appreciate that. I'm actually living now like a bloody beggar. That's basically where yeah. I lost everything. Yeah. Because uh, of I'm, the time period that took to give me the first check. Yeah, no, I understand that, and there's not much... And I, I would really do. appreciate if you can uh, help me in some sort. Well, we can't, but what we yeah. can do is refer you on to an agency that could possibly help you, and we'll try and get to find out who they are, and we'll put them on the website. All right, if you can give them my number, I'll really appreciate Oh, must I go to the website? You must go to the website, and we'll give now us a week. what is the website, Karen? Uh, um, Norman, do you have, yes. oh, you have access to the internet? No, I can find get somebody to help me. I'm okay. not computer literate. Okay, Norman, I've got your cell phone number, and what yes. I will do is I will tr I'll try and get that information. Well, Michael will let me have that information, and I will phone you with that. I really appreciate it so much. I'm going through a dying life here at the moment. Okay, well, look, we can't promise that they'll be yes. able to no, 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 get no, it for you, but we will certainly give you some uh, someone else to contact that hopefully yes. can, to make can it help a little you. Bit more complicated. Maybe your other people will be phoning in as well. Mine is a two-sided two case, and uh, the Road Action Fund have given me 44% disability because um, there's no way you can walk the way you used to walk and drive. Now, 24 from the workmen and 44 from the RAF. Now, RAF don't want to pay until workmen compensation sort what they have to, and then RAF is mm. to pay. Oh, so I'm sitting in a, in a, more in, complicated. In, yeah, yours is a very complicated case. Yeah. Okay. Well, Norman, we'll see what we can we can do as far as contacts are possibly someone that can possibly help you from Pretoria's side. So we'll oh. we'll try and get that information. And I'll give you a call as soon as I have it. Thank you so much, ma'am. Okay, Thank Norman. You. Good luck okay. to you. Thank you for Thanks for getting through. Good night to you. If you have any questions, oh eight nine two ten twenty ten oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Sibusiso in Pretoria. Good evening. Good evening, ma'am. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Good evening to your guest as well. Hi, good evening. Hi, I'm, I'm actually in the medical profession, and um, about a year ago, I helped a gentleman who was injured um, 
outside of our borders, not even related to to work. Um, but the problem arose when he had to, he had a, a broken foot essentially, and he had to be off work obviously because he was a driver at the, at the offices and such. But he then came back a few months later with workman compensation forms to fill out. And he kept coming back every month saying, no, I just have to fill them out. I mean, we went back and forth for a while. And eventually I, I was I was not comfortable filling them out because I didn't think he got injured at work. And even after he, he had recovered, it turned out he wasn't going to work and such. But, I mean, what do you do in cases where patients insist that they still can't go back to work um, and they uh, keep giving us these forms? Um, to fill out, and then you're actually not sure whether they need to be filled out anymore. I mean, I, I kept referring him back to, to the to the to the commissioners and such, and he just kept coming back with more and more forms. So I was I was kind of. This is this is the other side yeah, of the story correct, now. You see, yeah. where, where the doctors are being put into quite a, a, an awkward position yeah. here. It's an invidious position, and you're quite right because you probably filled in the form WCL four. Um, Quite a few times, yeah. Yeah, but you're not supposed to. Uh, the problem That's what is, I told him. Yeah, and the problem is you're being bullied into filling in that form, which is not right, because in that form you're undertaking to the commissioner that the person was injured at work. And so you, you're making a false statement. Exactly, yeah. And it's no good. You, this is specifically for people, this is set up specifically for people, for workers, employees, who were injured on duty. Yeah, that was the problem because, you know what, what else, what else happened was he, he, he would have the forms uh, filled out by the employer. And so it, um, the first day he came in with those forms, I asked him to bring me all the reports that he got from his employer, um, the, the doctors on that side, um, and, and even the commissioner's um, issues. Why were they giving him these forms? And surely it must, it must be an RF, uh, a road accident fund type of um, scenario. Which is not completely different, yes. So so he came through with all of these forms and they were all filled in directed specifically at the compensation fund. And I just, I even called the, the, the Department of Labor to explain the situation and the scenario that I was under. And, and I asked them, should I fill out any of these forms? And if so, which forms must I fill out? And when they looked into their systems, they said, no, this was, um, it, it, it fell, fell under their jurisdiction at some, at some point. And then they told me these are the forms I'm supposed to fill in. But eventually, I just I just stepped away from the whole thing because I just wasn't comfortable. I just wasn't sure oh, who to no. speak to and what was going on with that. I, I agree with you. If you don't believe it happened at work, then please move away from it because it puts your own profession at risk. And you can't do that. And you can't have patients bullying you. The problem that we've seen over the years is that many employers collude with their employees so that they can get money from the commissioner. Yes. And... Those employers then give them the forms, advise them that this is the correct way. Most of the doctors um, are just too busy and they just fill it in. Um, you know, people are busy. They, they'll give the truth in the form itself, but you don't think laterally like you've been thinking. Hold on a minute. This is not, this is not a claim. This is the wrong jurisdiction. If the person was hurt at, uh, in a motor accident, well, that's an R RAF claim. Yeah, which is completely different. So I think you've, your your worry is well founded, and you've done the right thing by saying I want to move away from it. Yeah, I think medical professionals need to be aware of that because we, yeah. we end up in a lot of messes. Um, correct, willingly because every, or unwillingly. and because everyone's telling you that's the correct thing, including the department, who are probably not yeah. thinking it through either. Yeah, um, I think you did the right thing. I'm sorry you had to go through that trauma. Okay, now thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for letting us know about that, CBC. So most appreciative. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks yeah. a lot. Good night thanks to you. Bye bye. Good night. Gosh, it, it, that, that's the other side of the coin. You know, you're always Correct. talking about the poor employ employee. Who, most of the time, it is the poor employee who isn't getting paid. But then there's also sometimes a little bit of a shady story going on on the side here. I think there's a lot of that. Mm. A lot of people who want to claim. A lot of people who get injured, and then collude with their boss so that they can. Uh, you know, you got injured on the weekend. Um, playing a game of soccer, you break your leg or you damage your back and then everyone says, well, here's a good way of getting paid and it's not my problem anymore as the employer. And the employee is happy because he also gets paid and mm. then they go after a doctor who's just too busy. He's told by everyone here, Sibusisa was told by the department to fill in the yes. form. 
Um, you know, well, I, why question it? Well, bouquets to him for every, actually walking yeah, correct, away from it, correct. you know, Absolutely. and just saying I'm not comfortable with this. Kurbis in Gordon's Bay, good evening. Uh, listen, I haven't got a, a claim uh, problem. My problem is I've now registered five people already with the compensation commissioner. I haven't had any response. I, I, I use the... Uh, uh, what, what do you call it, the email address, I asked him, what, what is this person's uh, number so that I can, uh, you know, uh, put in what, whatever they have to pay so that I can give these people numbers. You don't get any response from them whatsoever. And I can send you the emails that I have sent these, uh, let's say, what do you call it <laughs> in English, uh, uh, the registration yeah, forms. Yeah. yeah, and I get no response. Now, how do I assist the people and even the government in that uh, perspective? And I'd like to know who can I get, who can I phone so that I can at least assist these people. Are you, are you just trying to initially register them, Corbus? I have registered them, okay. but I get no response. So, you know, look... Uh, uh, Have you been uh, through to the call center? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to put it in English. I will give it Let me give you a call. Can I give you a hell of a problem Correct. for no, the past six months now already. Okay, so you've basically registered them and now you're just looking for their registration numbers. That's right. Because yeah. are, are, you, are they, they trying to claim? You know, you don't know who to phone, who to call. I use their uh, email address. They don't even answer you. So are you, are you trying to claim on their behalf here? No, I'm not trying to claim. Oh. I want to, you know, let's say if, if, if the person uh, that I'm registered, uh, registering for, okay, uh, let's say he's paying uh, 200000 on salaries per annum, okay? So there's, a, there's an amount that he's got to pay. So if he wants a, a letter of good standing, I can say... This is his number, blah, blah. He has paid. You don't get any response. Oh, okay. I was getting no, a bit confused. You're working for the employer, not the employee. Yes. Yes. Oh, but right. No. Okay. I thought you were working. You were, this was the numbers for the employees. Are you looking for numbers for the actual companies or the, the owners right. of company? Okay, right. Okay, Michael. There we go. Got it Okay. Straight. First no. of all, the call center number, if you can take this down, is 086. But listen, I've got to go because you said <laughs> don't be near a <laughs> radio. Yeah. I went outside to... Oh, right, okay. 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 Well, you listen on the radio and we'll give you the answers. Okay. okay. I'll, uh, I'll put down the phone and we'll uh, listen on the radio. Okay, yeah. thanks, okay. Quibbis. Okay. okay, so the call centre, we'll just give Quibbis a bit of time to get back inside because he's outside now with his cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you, Quibbis. There are, there are certain ways and means of contacting the compensation commissioner and those ways and means of contemplating is through the call centre... A fax, an email, or a website. Okay, what is the call center okay, number? Okay, the call center number is 086 right. 010 5350. Okay, that's Let's the call repeat center. Repeat it 086 010 5350. That's the call center. There's an email at cf info at labor.gov. Now, Quibber said he had emailed and hadn't heard it back he hadn't from heard. them. I'm yeah. hoping he's using that email because there's been okay. a, there are lots of different emails, but I think that's the latest one. Okay. Obviously, the website, which you can get most of this updated information, is www.labor.gov.za. So, www.labor, L-A-B-O-U-R. Not the American spelling without the, the U. Yeah. .gov, G-O-V, dot Z-A. Okay. There's also faxes, at, and let's give you one or two of those faxes. It's 012-323-8627. That's a fax number to the Compensation Commissioner in Pretoria. Another fax number is 
They've got about six or seven fax numbers. Okay, I'll put all of this up on the um, Facebook page. And if you missed any of those and you don't have access to Facebook, you can email me, law at safm.co.za, and I'll send you all those contact details. We now have a string of calls hanging on, and we don't have too much time left. So, Simon in Velcom, good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? Man? Fine, thanks. How are you, Simon? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the lovely show. Uh, I never miss it for anything. Oh, great. Okay, so how can we help you this <laughs> evening? Yeah, I, actually, I would like to contribute. Though the time is a bit late now. I'm a doctor specializing in occupational health. Okay. And I'm actually serving the tribunal of the Conversation Fund in terms of appeals of Section 91. Ah, oh, well done. Thanks for listening in this evening. Thank you, sir. But... Uh, there's too much to talk about, but I was interested in the gentleman case with the back, because we do a lot with that. He was worried about him not being paid, or he was paid less, uh, while the Rodex and Fine paid him more. I'm not, I'm not sure if actually it's very, it's very difficult for, for him, okay. in the sense that we use, when we decide on a disability in terms of how much percent to give in a conversation fund, there's an instruction, circular instruction 157. I think it's available on the website of yes. the conversation fund, which we use to determine how much percentage is to give in terms of the injury sustained. The circular instruction is very old. I think it's probably 20 years old. It's not been revised for some years for whatever reason. I don't know. So, For instance, if you had a compression fracture, it is said of, say, one of the vertebra. So if it's less than 25% of the compression, maybe it would be about 0.5% of the compensation, and so forth and so forth. So if it's got a fusion of, say, one of the vertebra, it would be 15%. And if you add another fusion on top of that, that would be 5%. At most, you might get 20% after the, of the fusion of the two vertebrae at the back. Okay. So... He was talking about having a, a dislocated shoulder. If the shoulder was dislocated but came back and after treatment, the shoulder went back to normal with full function, there will be zero compensation for the shoulder because the function is back to normal. Okay. So what I've seen with our uh, employees, they, ask, they assume both are injured and must be compensated. It's not like that. You have to have a residual impairment and disability. Not because you were injured, you must be compensated, but there must be a permanent disability. Yeah. disability. I think everyone so understands that. Is, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So thank yeah. you very thank much. You, thank you, Simon. Thanks very it. much. Helps us uh, explain a lot of that. Thank yeah. you very much. We've just had a really interesting call um, from Mkume in Pretoria. He's an attorney in Pretoria, and he says he was listening to Norman, who was having this problem. Norman's problem sounded horrendous, and he's willing to be Norman's contact in Pretoria, and he says anyone else that is in a similar position. So, Mkume, thank you so much um, for calling in. Thank We really appreciate that. Really is a, a really great offer you've made there. And if you want to get hold of Mkume, is 71 513-7884 right i think people need to know him kumi is a is an attorney is a registered attorney he says and he is willing to help obviously there will be a fee but he'll sort that out with each individual absolutely so thank you very much but he's the contact at least yes, that's thank great thank you very much thank you that's really great right and itumaleng in khoblasdal good evening good evening how are you very well how are you I'm all right. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. How can we help? And, uh, no. Uh, in fact, mine is a comment to say, uh, I think, Norman, uh, we are very much impressed uh, with this know-how of how the labor law works. This is Michael. Yes, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's Michael. It's yeah, Michael, I'm not yes. Norman. No, Norman was a caller. Norman, <laughs> Norman was having a problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you. no, he, he knows his story. Then we, we understand really very well. Uh, mine is just an experience and uh, as well as a comment. Two, I mean, three things. Uh, I think uh, the medical doctor touched on one of them to say when the, 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 the compensation fund uh, approves or disapproves, they look at the, the medical aspects. I mean, they look at the, uh, your doctor, the doctor that has treated you from the first time, and they look at the record before they... they, they they, they actually finalize the case or they finalize the claim.
And then, then secondly, uh, employees do have a right to report an, an employer who doesn't want to register an accident. That's, that's but, important. And then, uh, uh, in fact, that, that form is WCL3, not uh, WCL1 is for illnesses, and WCL2 is for is for is, is for is for accident. I mean, injury on duty. And then when when the employer doesn't want to con, uh, to, to to report an accident. In fact, an employee has got the right to go to the Department of Labor and ask for WCL3 to report the employer who doesn't want to uh, 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 put in the claim. Uh, right. I mean, the, the report. Correct. And, uh, and uh, those are the, my two points that I would I I I like to comment on. Thank you. That's a very that, good that, point. That, that's, from my, that's from my experience. Well, in Tumaleng, we actually need callers like you. Yeah, thank you. That's thank gonna, you. Yeah, that, that that's really very helped. important. Thank you very, very much. Very important. Does everyone, yes. everyone, all the listeners, please understand that, and this is absolutely correct, if your employer hasn't done it or doesn't want to do it, you can actually fill in the form yourself. And as yes. Tumaleng says, it, you can go and report the employer because otherwise you're never going to get paid. Um, so just make sure. And then also you're doing a favor to everyone else that works there. That okay, no problem. Thank you. Thank Thanks you very much. Thank you. very Thank helpful. You very much. Thanks Thank for getting you. through. Thank you. Good night. Right, Ben in Durban, if you can be very quick because you're running out of time, how can we help you? Yes, good evening. Uh, uh, my problem is quite long, but I need to have an attempt somewhere around in Durban. I had an accident with a truck. My leg was fractured, but now it never returned back to 100%. My seat is not activating properly. I can do certain jobs that can't tie up the sales and so things like that and I've never done the claims and all lack of knowledge. So you haven't claimed from workman's compensation? Yes. How long ago did it happen Ben? It was in 2005. Oh gosh, oh, wow. that's a bit long now I Michael. I will still try and explain that you didn't know and that did you report the accident to your employer? Yeah, it was reported. I think we done all the forms because I went to Labor ah. Department, they asked for some forms, we fill it up, we put everything on there. Okay, well then I, I would suggest that you do try and pursue it. Um, okay. get, get someone in Durban to try and help you. Maybe there's another Umkumi there, um, okay. another attorney in Durban area. Uh -huh. uh, this is a plea to go out on air for maybe someone in Durban to help you. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank and if, you if, there is, if there is anybody out there that can help, please you can email me on law at safm.co.za and I can always pass your details on to Ben because we do have Ben's telephone numbers. So if there's anyone else there that can help Ben with that because it is quite a long time ago, but it seems as if nothing is, he says it was reported, they I filled in all the forms. Still, if it was done claim, then, he yeah. can still claim for it. Ben, we'll hopefully get some response for you and I will be in touch with you. Thanks very much okay, for getting, thank thanks much. for getting through. Okay. Good night to you. Okay. Well, my thanks once again this evening to Michael Bagram. He's the Practicing Managing Partner at Bagram's Attorneys, Labor Law Specialist here in Cape Town and he's been my guest on tonight's edition of the Law Report program and Michael will be back with us again on Monday the 7th of October and remember there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page Law on SAFM and if you'd like any of them post a message on Facebook but please remember to include your email address so I can send them to you or you could just email me the list of documents that you like and the email address is law at safm.co.za Michael once again not enough time thank you very much indeed for joining me this evening thank you it was a very important topic absolutely and we can see by the hundreds of people that the, we were yes we're interested. on the right track thank you well the law report is on the air on safm every monday evening between 9 and 10 and if you'd like to contact me you can do so via email law at safm.co.za and facebook law on safm in next week's program being the last monday of the month we'll once again be joined by attorney marlon chevalu for our monthly chat on rental property law. That's the law report next Monday, the 30th of September. And I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening, just after nine with Health Matters. So join me then.